Good evening, folks, and welcome back to another episode of South of the Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy Devin Hine, sitting across from the table from Mr. Luke Mueller. You want to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hello, folks. Well, it's been a couple of weeks, guys. Maybe you didn't think we were coming back after that embarrassing loss that our team put out in the field, but have no fear, we are here. We just need to take some time, as I'm sure you all did. It was a rough one, guys, but we'll get through it together. We're going to get through it together. We're going to dissect it today. We're going to look not only toward the future of this team, but kind of the future of the show as well. You know, we thought we were going to be talking about football a little deeper into this winter. Yeah, definitely thought that this would be a game preview, right? Yeah. Yeah, not so much. Mm -mm. No, sir. So a little bright side, though, is we had our first fan of the show email. You want to break that down for us? We did. So... Um, hello, I'm a faithful listener and fellow owner. I would like to know what happened to us uh, this last Saturday. We can beat them at their house, but choke at ours. What a question. Thank you for emailing that to us, Trace. She signed that Luke's favorite aunt, which is, you know, may or may not be true. We'll leave that <laughs> hanging for her <laughs> to that's, find that's out later. That's not going to be a hot take during this show. No, no, not going to be a hot take for that uh, during this. But my only Packer fan aunt. So right now. She's got a pretty strong case. Pretty strong case. So appreciate that. And what a question. It's a question this whole show is about, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to toot my own horn too much. Or, I mean, not even just my horn. Yours as well. We should have pulled up the episode to, to pinpoint it. But I remember week three, week four, week five, somewhere early on, saying with our special teams blunders, mm-hmm. you know, you can get by with this with these mistakes against some teams, but this is how you lose in the playoffs. And when I said that, you know what I envisioned? I envisioned a back and forth game against a team where it's a shootout and the Packers defense makes a stand and we get the ball back. We get the ball back on a punt and Amari fumbles and that's how we lose. Or maybe we're, we're driving for the game winning field goal and the silver Fox misses no faith in the Silver Fox, Devin. I'm not going to say no faith, but if when I was talking about you know special teams losing us a game in the playoffs, that's the sort of thing that I imagined. This was so much worse. So much worse, honestly. This was my worst nightmare as, as a Packer fan. Because, right, we've had plenty of heartbreak losses in the playoffs. Plenty, right? And they generally all fall to the same couple things. Right, we can go back to any time we see the Cardinals in the playoff playoffs. Really weird things happen. Yeah, right. Both heartbreaking, heartbreaking games. Incredible moments in those games that I'll cherish forever. All hail Jeff Janis. But amen to that and Spencer Havener. It's <laughs> Spencer Havener. True. <clears throat> but we have that right. We have the Seattle game. We have any time we play the Giants. Like we have some some heartbreaking losses in our past. Right. This one, due to the circumstances, I think, and the expectations, hurts a little bit more. A little bit more. Yeah, there's a lot more writing in this game. But I pointed out to you, I think, in conversations we've had you know, before our show tonight, was that this one you sort of had little bits of several different losses. So you have special yeah. teams difficulties, which you, know, you bring up the Seattle game with the faked field goal that Seahawks scored on and, and the onside kick. 
I mean, we have just as bad special teams snafus. Yes, we're bringing it back from this last game. Snafu, great word. (laughs) Packers special teams are allowing me to use it. They are. way Way to bring it back, guys. But you also had, I believe we discussed before the show, before the game, that, you know, there are a few times where we had home playoff games in the Rodgers era. I'm thinking like 2012, where that team was stacked against the Giants. And I think maybe it was 2014, 2015, when Kaepernick and company, the Niners, came into Lambeau, Mm -hmm. where we had back and forth games, but we lost on uncharacteristic fumbles at key moments. True. True. In this game, we had both. We had both of those two different narratives, right? Now, the one narrative that did not make it to this game that we have seen in most of our playoff losses, Mm -hmm. right, is the defense doing something stupid at the end, right? I cannot remember a better Packers defensive performance. Yeah, neither can I. Certainly not in the playoffs. I mean, bar none, they showed up. They played their hearts out. Uh, if you go back and listen to our previous episode, we talked about what we had to do to win, right? What boxes we had to check. Did Debo play before that final drive? Didn't feel like it. Did Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell do anything? Nope. Did George Kittle really do anything? Nope. One great catch on the sideline, but yeah. that, that wasn't due to our poor play. No, I mean, we completely shut them down. The 49ers did not score an offensive touchdown. If we would, yeah. That or the fact that we gave up six points defensively, if we tell you that ahead of time, or that Debo carry Debo Samuel averaged under four yards a carry. You're thinking we win by 20. Amari Rogers fields three punts and drops none of them? Uh, maybe 30. I mean, we should cruise in this game, right? Have to give credit where it is due to the defense, and I don't think there's any naysayers to listen to our show but there are people in, in greater Packer realm. You know, you watch stuff on YouTube. You see comments that would, you know, throw a wrench like, hey, well, you know, on that last drive, they gave up that third down to set them up in field goal range. Are you are you kidding me? You know how long I was waiting for the defense to break, right? I feel like we've yep. seen so many games over the years where the defense comes out to a, hard stu- a hot start. The defense or the offense isn't quite keeping up with them. And you just wait and you wait and you wait. And in years past, in moments past, it's the second quarter or it's the third quarter. Occasionally overtime. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't blame them whatsoever. I think defensively from top to bottom, I mean, you got to highlight Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark. Those two. I mean, the future is bright on defense because we have both those guys under contract for a while. For a long time. Even Z, right? Z's first play back. First play, they line him up at D-tackle, and he goes right past him. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I know you were watching the game at home. I was. That was before you got to watch the game, right? No, I actually think I made it just in time for that. It was was a thing of beauty. I mean, right, it's third down or whatever. I see Z on the field. I'm like, oh, 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 first play back. I see him inside. I'm like, like, I like what we're doing. And then just right through. Yeah, right back to the NASCAR package. Center has just no chance in hell. Blew right through him. I mean, yep. and the defense played for most of the game without Jair. Like, he was, Jair and Zedarius were back. But do you have the stats about how much they played percentage-wise? I do. He played, uh, Jair played eight snaps, 15%. Same as Kevin King. And Z, three snaps? Z played, oh, he played 19. Okay. He that's played 19. M- that's more than I thought, which... 
no dig there. I mean, these guys, it's a miracle they even come back to play. And honestly, 20 snaps for Z, roughly 20 snaps. I think that's a good spot to be. He played 35% of snaps. I like that. I think that makes sense. Uh, Preston and Gary both played low 40s. That seems to work out, right? That seems to make sense. I would have liked to see more Jair, personally, but we don't necessarily know exactly what shape he was in, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you just kind of have to trust the coaches in that situation, that they they don't want to put him in a bad spot. But I would like to see a little bit more Jair. But it didn't matter. The defense played great. Kudos to them. Not their fault. Good job. Good job. And not even just, you know, Rashawn Gary and Kenny Clark. Some of our our mid to lower level starters or contributors on the defense – I mean, Chris Barnes is someone who's a thumper, um, but you think that he's not a great matchup to open field tackle Debo and some other other more elusive guys, and Chris Barnes was lights out. I'm going to pound the table and say it. Lowry and Lancaster, they balled their asses off too. My boys. There was a a key fourth down late where they were in our territory. I think it's when it was 10 to 3. I don't know. It didn't matter. It was in a key point in the game. Fourth and two, Niners going to run it. Mm-hmm. And guess who gets underneath and has the penetration and stuffs it? It was amazing. It was amazing. My boy. Northwestern's out. My boy. Rockford? No. Lancaster. <laughs> it's been a few weeks. Whatever. Wherever the fuck Tyler Lancaster is from. Naperville. Napr- Naperville zone. Also, I should have warned before the show, this is going to be a high emotion podcast, so children should not be listening. Yeah, I'm going to try to try to keep us level-headed here, but Devin is coming in hot. I've cooled off in the last couple weeks. Devin has not. So we'll see where that takes us. It's going to be yeah, a good episode. That was a huge, that's the play where I thought we won the game. There were a lot of plays on defense where that should have been enough. That was it. That should have been it, right? We get the ball back. We just win. Just don't suck, and we're fine. So to your aunt's question, it wasn't the defense. They did nothing wrong. No, it was not the defense. It was the offense and special teams doing little to nothing. Or, in special teams' case, being horrifically bad the worst performance i've ever seen on special teams i say we take special teams next and then we go back to offense because you know we got to get into the whole what happens to rogers and yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so so special teams special teams so i took the time and the pain to go look at those two blocks i was not strong enough to do so so kudos to you Devin. so on the field goal block you had two guys coming on the outside and the end man of the left side the guy who was on the very left of the line. Do you know who it was? Uh, I do. I do, unfortunately. I feel like we just talked about him. We did. We just talked Which about him. Which he had a great contribution on defense. I want him back on the team. But he was still the one who was stuck out there. Which I don't know enough about field goal protection alignment. I don't. I know that a lot of teams, like the 49ers did, do implement blocks either up the middle or by overloading one side. Right. But what happened at the snap is you had two guys coming at Tyler Lancaster, and I don't, I don't think he was close enough to the guy next to him on his right because Lancaster was on the far left. Correct. And that allowed – I mean, it's almost comical. If you see it, the ball is snapped, and Lancaster just like throws both of his arms out to try to get both of these guys, and he doesn't impede either of their progress. Nope. Two different guys could have blocked it, and that's three points down the drain. Jimmy Ward blocked that, someone we've brought up on the show. Uh, and Your now fault. I, I begrudgingly, begrudgingly. Um, hey, he had a good play. Um, but, yeah, that was that was rough, wasn't it? So, realistically, right, what are you going to do in that situation? The answer is Lancaster should have blocked Jimmy Ward. He was the inside guy. You should not let it 
any of the inside guys block the field goal. Nope. It should be furthest out at most. If you're not going to touch somebody, somebody way out on the end, right, because they have the furthest to go, hardest angle to block, all that kind of stuff. Lancaster, if you realized he could not get both, don't try to get both. Just kind of slide a little bit to your right, take Jimmy Ward, let the guy go around the end and hope that the Silver Fox gets the kickoff, right? That's uh, what should have happened. I was listening to a podcast last night, and they were talking about in life sometimes the best outcome is making the right decision. Correct. The second best outcome is making the wrong decision. The third best outcome is making no decision, and that is exactly what he did, and we paid the price for it. We did. We did. That was, oh, boy, that was a, obviously a huge play. So we have that one. And then we have the blocked punt, which was the only touchdown the Niners scored. Correct. We recently switched to, switched it. We recently switched our long snapper. I don't even know his name. Yeah, I don't remember either. I should have looked it up before the show. My apologies. So not Hunter Bradley, the new long snapper. The other guy. Yeah. The one that replaced Hunter Bradley. He got his manhood absolutely annihilated because the pressure went right through him. It was right up the middle. He got completely bullied and Henry black was the personal protector, but it was on like he was in the wrong spot, but the pressure came up the middle and a little bit to the right. Henry black is the personal protector on the left. He couldn't get over and pitch because Boho blast is a left footed kicker. Your personal protector is on the left. If you're right footed kicker, generally the personal protector is on your right. Um, so yeah, even if we had a right-footed kicker, punter, maybe maybe that makes a difference. In reality, not really. Um, I saw a clip, I believe. I forgot who it was from. I think it was one of the guys on ESPN that showed unnamed long snapper just getting wrecked week after week after week straight up the middle. And now none of these resulted in blocks or even greatly affected the outcome of the punt. But at How- some point it's going to. A, some point it's going to, and B, a competent special teams coach, right, is going to see that, pick up on that. That's literally your job, right? And understand that that's your best chance for a block. And put whatever you can do together to put the block through the middle like they did. Put a strong guy right up against him, run straight through, which is exactly what happened. Kind of unrelated, but I started watching the HBO Hard Knocks, the Colts in the season, Mm -hmm. and they actually, each episode they go through the special teams meeting. And you see him highlight something, hey, this guy on their team does this every time. Just like you talked about with the long snapper getting yep. his ass kicked. And just like in the show, you know, hey, that's the matchup we're going to exploit. Right, because that's he cannot take a power rush straight in his face. He can't do it. He just gets bowled over. That's what happened. And, and there weeks you go. And weeks and weeks of that. And and Mo did nothing. Yeah. Give Listen, double his creatine and his protein shakes. Give him some chicken. Make the man hit the gym. I don't know. Put somebody else there. Give him a help chipping. I don't know. But you have to do something. And Mo Drayton did nothing. I don't know and we'll never know who we could have gotten midseason if we fired him like a lot of Packer Nation was pushing to by like week six. I wish we did. I think realistically probably nobody. Right, I imagine you just kind of promote everybody from within at that point. Interim, special teams coach, that kind of thing. Would that have made a difference? You hope so. Don't know, though. We don't. However. But there's 10 points right there. There's 10 points. But, you know. And we lost by three, for those of you that don't want to do the math. 
We lost by three. There's 10 points. Defense gave up six. There's this other part of the team that plays that also has a big fault in this loss. Yep. Is it time to go to the offense? Yeah, I don't particularly want to, but we probably should. So our Packers offense started out great. We went right down San Fran's throat with Looked a great. nice mix of runs and passes. We did some some of our old school RPO stuff. You know, kind of getting some guys moving in motion. It looked like the Matt LaFleur offense. Got Devontae involved early, right? Mm-hmm. But we knew that was going to happen. It looked great. We looked great. Gave it to A.J. Dillon. Niners didn't want nothing to do with him like we predicted. Correct. Had no tr- problems with the pass rush. We looked great. Yeah, we were fine. Which maybe, now that you mentioned the pass rush, something we should jump on before we go into this too much. Mm-hmm. Second straight year where we have banged up offensive linemen before a key playoff game. And we make a real questionable decision at who we put out there. Correct. When we played this team back in San Francisco, like your aunt said, back in their house, this was right when Elton Jenkins went down too. It was the week after, yeah. So we had to put Yash Nijman in at left tackle, the meme himself. Nobody knew who the hell this dude was yet. Yes. No one knew. Nobody. And you had Billy at right tackle. Yeah. And you know what happened? They didn't, Niners didn't do shit. They were fine. We were fine. Nick Bosa did nothing. Quick passes, five wide. A it lot worked. of chipping with Mercedes. Like It worked. Exactly. So why? I mean, we were hoping we'd get Bakhtiari back and he was going to play left tackle, and that was obviously a blow. But I still yeah. would have felt confident in the line if you had Billy at right tackle, who was healthy and fine, and Yash, to my knowledge, was also healthy and could have played left tackle. But instead, let's just play musical chairs. I think Billy Turner played left tackle in the title game last year. I believe he did, yeah. And got his ass kicked. And he was, I mean, realistically one of the best right tackles in the league this year. I mean, he played phenomenally. And we don't really think of Billy Turner as being like in the same breath as Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari, obviously, right? But this year, he played really, really well at the right tackle position. So... Yeah, I definitely questioned why we would change that. I mean, because now you're weakening two positions by putting Dennis Kelly out there at the right tackle, right? Or at least you're not strengthening the left tackle side very much because Billy Turner hasn't looked great as a left tackle, which is fine. He's a great right tackle. Leave him there. Yash has looked so much better at left tackle. It was mind-boggling, that decision. Yep, leave Yash over there, chip with big dog, do what you got to do, get the ball out quick, whatever. That's what I would have done, definitely. I was surprised when I heard that that lineup change. I think I texted you about it right when I heard it, too. I'm like, this is weird. And this is not the right choice, and we were right about that one. We were. So first drive goes great. Niners get the ball back. Defense says, no, 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 thank you, Debo. You guys are going home. We get the ball back. We're driving. We get past midfield. Throw a little out route. It was like a – no, it wasn't even an out route. It was a, a rollout on a play action to Mercedes yeah. Lewis. You know, gets it four yards, and then Fred Warner comes and strips the ball. And I, I had a real feeling in my stomach then. Yeah. With that fumble, it's like that doesn't happen to us when we win. No. Right. It, it doesn't. Things like that just don't happen to us when everything goes well and we win the football game. You think about someone who's going to fumble? Like Mercedes is probably bottom of your list. Yeah, I'd put him dead last. Yeah, he's physical. Leader, grandpa of the team, 
So when he fumbles, that was just not a good, not a good path we were going down. No, that was definitely a, a gut punch. It's like, okay, we did not need that. And you think, oh shit, here we go. And then the defense forces a three and out, and we get the ball back. You're like, all right, let's go. And the Packer offense that we knew and loved was never seen the rest of the game. Correct. Correct. So, how many passes, without cheating, Devin, went to people not named Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams? Four, three, three. Uh, We'll go completed. Let's do completed passes, not to Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. So, Big Dog had the one which he fumbled on. That's one. Yep. And then Lazard, I think, had a slant in the third quarter when I still had some hope. I'm going to say two. Yep, that's it. That's it. That's the list. Two receptions from not Aaron Jones and Devontae. Devontae and Aaron Jones had uh, nine apiece. You can't do that. What was the point of fussing about not having a slot receiver? What was the point about bringing back Randall Cobb? If you don't use him. Correct. You have to throw them the ball. Randall Cobb got one target. Uh... Your boy, Josiah, got one. And then, you know who was third in the team in targets this game? Don't say Dominic Daphne. I swear Dominic to God. Daphne. <sighs> so, we have the Mercedes fumble. Correct. And then it's either the next drive or two drives after. DeGuara is down the middle on a post and just completely drops the first down, which... That was, that was a gut punch as well. That was a gut punch. And that was really shifting the game into Aaron can only trust Avante, which... He's shown in the past that he trusts Lizard King. Randall, yeah. Randall Cobb is his boy. Like it, the fact that he zeroed in so much on Devonte, it almost looked like Jordan Love against Kansas City. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong. You're not wrong with that. It just, it it was really rough. It was really rough to watch him just kind of forego all of our receiving options besides Devonte and Darren Jones, obviously. Um, a little bit different there, but just. Yeah, that sucked. That sucked to watch him just zero in that that much and to that degree. Because we know how good he is and how good Devontae is, obviously, right? But we also know how good this offense is. And San Fran was doubling him like every single play. Just throw it to literally anybody else. Like San Fran's secondary is not a strength. And even if you're going to be petty and not throw to Big Dog or Deguara, which don't get me started on that, like talking about being a leader and giving people chances and believing in people – yeah, you're not sending that message when after they make a little mistake, you're done with them. That's not leadership, buddy. I told you Devlin's going to be hot. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we put in so much time and effort into the show and then he just shits the bed in the playoffs and looks like he couldn't care less, I'm going to bring a little fire. I wish someone on our team would. Oh, boy. Here Ooh, we go. So, right. uh, so I think since we're just making big, bold blanket statements here, I'm going to add one as well. And I think part of the reason why this one hurts so bad for me personally why I was just, I don't want to say not in a good place because I was doing just fine, right? But, like, in a different mental space than the other losses. Part of that is, and we'll get into it, the future potentially, what that looks like. But I think part of it was, man, I mean, this one's on him, right? And you can't really say most of our other playoff losses are on Aaron, The amount of times that we've gone into overtime and just never got the ball back ever and we lose. That kind of thing, or Aaron loses in a shootout, or something weird and wacky also happens, which we got some of with the special teams, right? But just 
you come out of this game, you're like, Aaron. San Francisco didn't score a touchdown on offense, right? Everything we already talked about. You had and, guys screaming open that you just completely you, ignored. And you just didn't get it done. It's like I felt hollow inside after this game. And I got up, I walked into the kitchen where we are now, and I just stood here. My wonderful wife Sally was in the other room thinking I was a crazy person. I was, but I was just like I didn't know what to do with myself. This was a different kind of loss, and how we lost made me feel that way. The fact that Aaron just failed miserably. Just couldn't get it done. Didn't look super engaged on the sidelines. I just, whoo, it's not the quarterback that I've come to know and love, right? That we have grown up with. This wasn't that guy. I don't know what happened, but this wasn't him. The guy that I'm used to seeing, I have full faith in. 100%. He can do anything. By third or fourth quarter, you know what mindset I was in? Jacksonville. Mm. Like when we played the Saints in Jacksonville. In fact, one of the late throws to Devontae where he was clearly blanketed both in front and behind looked like the interception he threw to Marquez. Just playing hero ball, just F it, I don't care, which on that play specifically, it was like third and 10, third and 12. You had Alan Lazard on a, a deep in who was screaming open. Wide open. No one even near him. Easily gets the first, probably more. Yeah, probably significantly more. I mean, he's not scoring a touchdown there. It could be 30 or 40. Right. When the nice cut back, he's going to run somebody over. Because there's nobody in the middle of that field. Because they're cleared out for Devontae. Which is, like, weird. That's kind of what the play was designed for. The whole game plan would be defensively to stop Devontae. So maybe you should go to somebody else. Oh, man. And the thing is, maybe it's a hot take. But, you know, since we've been Packer fans, Luke, I would like for you to tell me a team that has been more complete than this one. Hmm. Um, Just a straight up better wow. team. Please tell me. Wow. Okay. So 2020, right? Not as good as this year. No. So Blake Martinez was playing. No. <laughs> I think Ty Summers did too. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that was 2019. Oh, my apologies. That's 2019. Uh, 2019, actually, I mean, we, we potentially had a little bit better defense, but the offense kind of sucked that year. First year of LeFleur. Oh, wait, you're saying the defense is better? Ask Raheem Mostert. Ask Raheem <laughs> Mostert about how that defense was, 120 yards untouched. Well, I mean, but we had Z, we had Preston, we had we had a real pass. Anyways, right? I, maybe this team's better than 2010. We won the Super Bowl. It's a better team. 2011 was all offense, no defense. Yeah, we had Jerome McMillan back there. So uh, 2014, probably. That's like this year and 2014 are probably the two best teams that I remember. Because 2014 was good Eddie Lacy, wasn't it? It was good Eddie Lacy. It was uh, haha before he sucked. I mean, we were. That was the best game of his career, actually. It, it was. It was. That was, I think. I think that was probably. It's either this year or that year. In 20, was it 2014, we're saying? Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't after Aaron was nearly going to leave and we had to pull some strings to get the band back together. No, this wasn't the last dance. <laughs> this this was all the last dance. And like you said, you know, so much of the playoff losses are blamed on the defense. Or Brandon Bostic. Or Brandon Bostic. Or A.J. Hawk not taking the fake field goal tight end. 
Anyways. Larry Fitzgerald just galloping through our entire defense. But this one's on Aaron, and it was just really yep. discouraging. I mean, he isn't somebody that has a whole lot of body language, but you could just see it looking at him. He looked uninterested. He looked cold. He looked old. Which is, that's not him, right? He's been saying on the Pat McAfee show for weeks, oh, you got to get those games in Lambeau. The colder, the better. And he normally plays great in the cold. Really, Aaron? We've talked about on the show. That turtleneck comes out, man. We win, except for this game. Speaking of trends and winning, so we've also now completely lost the power of the belt. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. Oh, man. I honestly didn't even think about that yet, but that they whipped out the belt, and we, we did not respond. No. So we're going to do a little recall for people who are like, what are they talking about? So Aaron Rodgers, you know, does his belt. He started it really in 2010, that Super Bowl run. He hasn't really actually done it much he hasn't in done recent the belt years. In years. Yeah. Yeah, he did it like one time this year. That was it. But defenders will still mock after a good play against him. And I would say before this game, we were like six and zero when a defender mocks the belt. I think it was actually more like eleven and one or eleven and zero. Like, it's ridiculous. I don't think we've lost a game. It's ridiculous. And then on one of those, so many numerous drives. In the second half, where the defense did their job and we got the ball back, it's like third and 13. Mm. And Aaron's trying to get it to Dominique Daphne, which, again, the amount of, I believe it's 12 personnel that we used where you have two tight ends when you weren't going to throw to Mercedes and you weren't going to throw to Josiah. That means what? You're going to throw Dominique Daphne? Apparently. Really? So it was after Fred Warner... I don't know if he had to bat the ball away from Daphne. Daphne was not going to get it, and he did the belt. And I was like, oh, all right, well, there's some hope. Right, because we feel good, fans. We feel good when the belt gets started. We're like, oh, here we here we Here comes go. the gauntlet, right? We, we had the Mercedes fumble, which I knew, like, gut punched me, and I was like, oh, God, here we go. And I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 he did the belt. We're good. We're Aaron's, fine. Aaron's going to do something. Yeah, we're, we're going to destroy them now, right? Lies did not happen. And something that we're not going to know, but I would really like to, after that Mercedes fumble, the offense looked like Mike McCarthy's traditional bullshit. A lot of verticals, Mm -hmm. a lot of vertical routes, not spreading things out horizontally. Which also just does not work for this team. We don't have the horses for it. And doesn't work when we're playing San Francisco's pass rush. Like, no. Did we not see you, the you lessons? Don't have time for that. How do we beat them last time? It's still the same team. Quick passing. And adjustments we made instead were, oh, let's try to go deep with a makeshift switched offensive line against phenomenal pass rushers and see how that works. When we don't have our fastest wide receiver. I think, uh, Devin, I understand your love for, for MVS. I really, really do. You know I don't love him as much as you do. But, like, I don't really want to go deep with anybody but MVS. Not really. I mean, Lazard occasionally kind of sneak back there because people forget he's a person. But, like, Devontae's not the guy that's going to go streaking down the field. And without MVS, you allowed even more safety attention right, they for Devontae. And cor- or the safeties could just kind of creep up and defend that middle of the field. Right. Because they know we're not going to be able to go vertical successfully on them. So even if MVS isn't you know, getting six bombs for 200 yards, him not playing was still a factor. Completely correct. And also, if we're going to do 12 personnel, like you talked about with multiple tight ends, 
we don't have a good receiving tight end. Right? That was Big Bob. I know you love Josiah. It was not uh, the same, th- same thing we so talked about. Pause. I did love Josiah. Okay, fair enough. You, are you recanting that a little bit? I'm recanting that, yeah. Okay. That was a big drop. There was, was nobody there. It was right in the breadbasket. That would have been a big play. And it also, like, landslides. It, it makes that snowball yeah. of bad momentum that much worse. And I'm sure contributed to Aaron tunnel vision. Yeah, I would agree. But you're right. If we're going to go... 12 personnel, 12. and we can't we can't attack downfield with our receivers much, really, anyways, right? We don't have a tight end that can go down the seam. It's not going to be Big Dog. We both love Big Dog. He's not going to catch the ball 25 yards down the seam. It's not going to happen. It's just not a thing anymore. Also, Either Dominique Daphne. Didn't get any targets after. Right, so, I mean, it doesn't even matter. But when you have two out of the three tight ends in the doghouse and the other one's Daphne, why are you going 12 personnel? Right. I mean, Cobb is like Aaron Rodgers' best friend and has been clutch several points throughout the season. And EQ really grew on me this year and was a physical presence. And, you know, when A.J. Dillon went down, that was a big blow. And I think that's actually good. I'm glad you brought that up because 12 personnel makes sense if you're going to run A.J. Dillon, I think. Because you want some big bodies out there, maybe get Daphne. I assume he's a better blocker than Josiah. You put Big Dog out there, right? And you run A.J. Dillon up the gut. That, that's what you do, mm-hmm. right? That seem, that's a legitimate plan. That makes sense. If that's like, okay, this ain't working. We're not, no one's getting open, whatever. Let's just pound the rock, right? But A.J. Dillon going out, huge in that game, right? And it was on a kickoff or kickoff return or something. Which, again, we... Most teams don't put that many starters out there, but we had to because our play because was that piss poor. Yeah, because we sucked so bad. But honestly, I mean, if A.J. Dillon doesn't get hurt, there's so many what-ifs in this game. If he doesn't get hurt, I think we win because we had a couple opportunities to more or less just kind of grind it out and when we just needed a couple yards or whatever. And our boy Aaron Jones just, just didn't get it done. And he had a great game. He had a great game overall, especially receiving. There were several times in this game where you're like, man, I really wish A.J. Dillon would just run straight up the middle for two yards to get the first down. And we just couldn't do it without him. I feel like we were calling the same vanilla play calling. Halfback dive up the middle. There was no jet motion. Right. Give it to EQ or Lazard on one of those jet motions, and I guarantee you he's going to run somebody over and get us excited again. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if nothing else, you have to just kind of get the defense, put them on their heels for a second. No. Nope. Make them think. Nope. And if you're going to run up the gut, that's got to be with A.J. Dillon. I mean, Aaron Jones can do it much better than you would think he could, given his size, right? Because I love the man. But if you're just going to run straight up the gut every time, put the bulldozer back there. Like, put the snowplow And when he's there. obviously out of the game, good nickname, snowplow, then you need to switch it up. Right, then you have to do something else. So a big piece of this game and going forward is that how much of this vanilla play calling is the floor and how much of it is Rodgers changing at the line? Right, we don't know. But that's a big equation of this game and also what the team looks like going forward. Correct. Correct. So, yeah, this this was this was one for the books. Yeah, like I said, this one this one hurt a little different, I think. This one hurt a little different, so 
Let's talk about something else, shall we? On to the future. All right. On to the future. I'm not sure this is going to be any happier. It's going to be happier. I think Devin's going to be a little pessimistic over there, but you know what? I'm going to bring the sunshine and rainbows. All right. So a couple of things we have to touch on. So thankfully, the Packers finally came to their senses and got rid of Mo Drayton. So no Mo Mo. Now, uh, I do want to preface this a little bit by saying I've heard nothing but amazing things about Mo as the person, right? Apparently, he's a great guy. People love him does not seem to be a very good special teams coach. I wish him the best in whatever his future endeavor is. Agreed. He is a great dude. Everyone loves him. I would have loved for him to make some different choices with personnel and coaching. Without a doubt. I wish him, like you said, the best in his future endeavors. I'm glad you're not my special teams coach anymore. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. So I'm glad that we finally did that. So we hired Rich... Basaccia. Thank you, because I would have not said that right. Yeah, when you said it last time off air, there were like L's in it, and I don't really know where that came from, but especially when he was he was a big storyline this year, right? I'm surprised he didn't get the Raiders head coaching job. I'm not, because they're kind of dumb, but <laughs> besides that, um, right? But so he was, the, he was the interim head coach, stepped up after the whole John Gruden snafu, uh, we're going to try to work that word in as many Ooh. times to keep this episode a little lighter. Um, but he, he kind of stepped in there. And he stepped in, and I think that was a, a surprise to some people that he was named interim head coach. And I know that that's pretty common for special teams coach, right? Because they they have to know everybody. They, they deal with offense. They deal with defense. Everyone likes them, right? But they had former head coaches on that staff at the coordinator positions. And they chose him instead as the interim head coach, which is a fascinating idea. And I think we all believed that the Raiders were completely sunk when that happened. They were out of the playoffs, lost their head coach, things swirling around them. The whole Henry Ruggs thing. Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett. I mean, they lost two at least serviceable players. They spent really high picks on recent years. They lose their coach. Like, There's just so much going on with that team. Right. So much going on. And he just comes in, stabilizes the ship, keeps everybody calm. It's a pretty laid back dude, apparently. He'll get on you and he's gonna tell you that he loves you. People love him, right? You see the him in his his hotel room writing writing letters to the players. Love it. And apparently it came out, Max Crosby said, their uh stud D end, that he'd been doing that all year. That's just him. That's just how he is all the time. When he was a special teams coach, he was writing handwritten letters to people. Love that guy. Now, as a coach, right, as a special teams coach, he's not the best. But he's not the worst. And that's our goal. And that is our goal. We don't want to be the best special teams team in the league. Just don't be the reason we lose games. Correct. So some advanced metrics kind of kind of ranked, obviously, the the special teams. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand we were dead last. Right, we could have been thirty third out of thirty three out of thirty two teams. We should have been. Uh, the difference between us and thirty one was the same as the difference between thirty one and twenty three. That's a really big jump. Yeah, we were bad. We were really bad. We were like eight teams between thirty one and us bad. Really bad. Like really bad. Like really bad guys. I don't know if we mentioned that, but we were really bad. We weren't good. So even if he just waltzes in and gets us the 20th ranked special teams unit, that's amazing. I just want competence 
and to stop sucking. That's it. That's all I need. I'm happy with the hire, but as a lot of other Packer media, and yes, I'm going to call us Packer media. That Ooh. might be a high praise. <laughs> Look at us. But other Packer media members, uh, Peter Bukowski, Aaron Nagler, a couple other guys have mentioned that it isn't just the coach. We also have to change how we view special teams as a team, right? We've had like three or four coordinators in the past few years. Right, and it's hard to believe that they all are the worst in the league. Possible, but unlikely. So we have to, we've, we've done part of it. We've hired a good coach. Correct. Now we have to invest in, I believe, in the draft and in free agency, guys that can play special teams. And we have talked about this a little bit before, right? When we played the Bears, I believe we brought up in that episode, Jakeem Grant. We never have a guy like that. Never. I mean, we tried with like Trevor Davis, and that was a, that was a whole thing. Mm, yeah. Who's that guy before Trevor Davis that fumbled all the time? Do you remember? Then he played for like the Lions. It's like Ross or something. Do you remember who uh, I was talking about? Ross. It's gonna come to me like three hours later. It's gonna yeah, bother no. me. Anyways, he was at least a good punt returner, but he fumbled all the time, so it was kind of like hit or miss with him. Right now, we just have missed. There's never a hit. There's no upside to our special teams. It's literally all downside. So someone like Jakeem Grant would be great. Or who I was pounding the table for a couple years ago, Devin DuVernay from the Ravens. He was a third-round draft pick. I wanted us to pick him so bad. He gives them a little spark on offense, and he's their their main punt and kick returner. And he's great at that. Weird. The Ravens have the best special teams unit in the league literally every year, and they pick that guy. Hmm. Weird. It's like they invest in it. Correct. And especially some of these guys that are like lower of the roster, right? Like the Buffalo Bills went out a couple years back and signed Tyler Medikevich, middle linebacker from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. who excels on special teams. He's your third or fourth linebacker. Okay. He, yeah. You don't want him on the field to begin with. So why wouldn't you pick somebody who can be useful to your team to help them win? Because he's going to play on special teams if he's not playing on defense. So we're talking about the the level of guys, right? So we're talking like Ty Summers level players. Isaiah McDuffie would be a good one, right? But we haven't seen McDuffie. I don't know if he's been on special teams even. Yeah, I, I don't know how much he's played on special teams either. Either Isaac Yadam, like that level of player, if you're not going to contribute to the to the main part of the team you're a part of, which is fine, that happens, right? Go get a Steve Tasker. Go get right. somebody who is a stud on special teams who's going to be a little more lackluster on offense or defense than right. the guys we've mentioned that's hard to believe with ty summers but yeah touche this this is why <laughs> you're my co-host i know i love that energy thank uh, you even you know at, at this key maybe a decent special teamers or not but tyler davis you're like wide receiver six or seven like those kind of guys need to be able to contribute on special teams because they're not going to play anyways it doesn't really matter they at least need to be able to do that and we just we don't put an emphasis on it. We, we don't. don't. And that's why we've seen the product that we've seen. Yeah. And now coaching in theory can help a lot of that. In theory. I will say that this year we took one step in the right direction and Bo Hope last was much better than J.K. Scott. He was. We don't know what we're gonna do next year, kicker. Will Mason be back? Are we gonna cut him? Is he gonna retire? We don't really know. So we got some question marks, but at least we have our special teams coach in Rick Bisaccio. So that's good. We should not be the worst team in the league next year. That's that's my goal. Maybe even top 30, you know, third worst and up. It's my prediction. 
it'd be a nice a nice change. If we were thirty first, we're at least in the NFC Championship. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even need to be at the top thirty. Just if we would have had one block, or if they were both blocked and the punt block went through the end zone as a safety, we probably win that game. Yeah, if that isn't a scoop and score, I don't think they score. The defense Correct. is playing that locked out. Correct. Maybe they get a field goal. Whatever. We're still going to win at that point. So, yeah, that's, that's trying to come back down, be positive again, right? Happy with our special teams hire. We got the biggest name out there, which is a little weird. Um, don't know if he was he's the best guy, but we're investing in special teams, right? Because I'm sure you've heard what happened last time we tried to invest in special teams with mm-hmm. uh, Darren Rizzi. It would just wouldn't pay for it, which is kind of how we ended up with our string of terrible special teams coaches here with uh, Slocum and then um, followed up by Drayton, obviously. So steps in the right direction, at least in special teams. At least in special teams. So to the free agent class that we have looking ahead of us. Sure, let's do it. All right, folks. I'm just going to throw out some names of our free agents this year. So we have Devontae Adams, Kevin King, Big Bob, Jaden Sullivan, Devontae Campbell, Lucas Patrick, Dennis Kelly, Tyler Lancaster, Boho Blast, Razul God Douglas, Oren Burks, EQ, Isaac Yadam. It's a long list. Jack Heflin, Malik Taylor, Ramsey, Randy Ramsey, my apologies, Chris Barnes, Henry Black, Daphne, Lizard King, MVS, Chauncey Rivers, Yash Nijman, and Kirk Benkert. So literally all of our backups. Beef. And all of our wide receivers. Correct. Yeah, I think right now... What, we have Amari under contract? We have Amari, yeah. Cobb technically is. But there's no way we pay him. Yeah. Like nine mil next there's year. There's been several like Instagram posts that he is not coming back. And same with Zedarius. He's all but admitted that he's not coming back. And you know, good for them for acknowledging that and understanding. Right? I think Rant, I think Cobb knew. If you want to come back for Vet and Min, I'm sure we'd take him. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that if we use them in the playoffs, but here we go. I'm getting petty. All right, so the the big elephant in the room is what happens with Aaron and Devontae because I yeah. think they're they're linked. Yeah, I, I probably, yeah. So Devontae wants like $30 million a year. Ain't going to happen. Definitely not here. Definitely not here. Aaron, we're not sure what he wants, whether he wants to go somewhere else, stay here. I think he wants retire. to stay. But if he stays, he's going to be a lot of money, too. There's ways around that, but yeah. There's ways around it. But I want to preface right now that we are already 40 over the cap. Okay. Okay. So let's let's start here, shall we? Before we get into the nitty-gritty about cap and, and, and all that fun stuff. Do you want Aaron back? Nope. There's the hot take, folks. I don't care if I'm going to get nasty emails from half of you. I... Do not want Aaron Rodgers back. I mean, technically, I read the emails, so I'm not sure you would really get them, but I'd forward them. I don't want him back. Okay. I don't. Why is that? I'm looking at the numbers. Okay. 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 This was the best team that we put around him. And like we've always said, always the defense's fault, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No, this time it wasn't. I do not think it would be difficult 
I should say if Aaron and Devontae leave, we get a whole bunch of draft capital and we can re-sign everybody. It would still be difficult to have a team as good as last year's, right? But I think that if it Aaron stays, I'm going to guess somehow Devontae stays. They would somehow make it work with Devontae, which means you're going to have massive cap casualties, all right? Mm-hmm. Z is gone either way, which he's is fine. Gone. Yeah, We did great without him last year. Nothing but love for the guy, but he's gone. That means that Preston might be gone. Might be. You might be able to rework his deal, but yeah. I'm saying you're not going to get Razul, and you're not going to get Devontae Campbell back. The only hope is Razul kind of alluded to wouldn't take very much money to keep him. But yes, I, I understand your point. So you lose your all-pro linebacker, and you lose not your all-pro corner, but someone who made a big, def- a big difference this year, right? He is what Kevin King was supposed to be. Now you could turn that around and be like, well, yeah, but you didn't have Jair all year, so... You'd be gaining a better player, if that makes sense. I understand what you're saying. By I'm having gonna play, Jair? I'm going to play devil's advocate by having Jair instead of Rasul. Okay, so you have Jair. Who's your number two, Luke? Eric Stokes. Who Correct. had potentially the best rookie I season in any corner. Fair, fair. Okay. <laughs> now, I understand because you're taking a goddamn that's like the best secondary in the league down several notches if you take Rasul out. Completely agree. I love Rasul. I love what he brings. The, the difference maker, the ball hawk, the different kind of style he brings. Love all of it. Just saying. like We, we got Jair, too. And then maybe Sully is your number three, and then we yeah. got to go find a four. Right. Right. You're not keeping MVS. Might be hard to keep Lizard. I don't know what his thoughts are about taking a team-friendly deal. Chris Barnes is someone that could go get, I think you go get paid a good amount of it's money possible. from somebody else. Possible. I'd even be sad if we can't re-sign Lancaster and Jack Heflin. I mean, me too, because I'd be running out of guys from Illinois, so that'd be heartbreaking. Think we Especially have... Big Bob's gone. I mean, what would I do? Dean Lowry's my only guy? Yeah. What is this? You think we have money for, for Big Bob if Aaron comes back? I mean, the good news is Big Bob had like one good year and then got hurt, so he may not be expensive. He's also... He's restricted, I believe, so we might be able to figure that out. And I know this kills the show to say, but if we bring Aaron back and I don't know, we somehow make the playoffs with whatever defense we have, I think that my focus, my intrigue would be whatever guys we get to fill the gaps because I would be so pessimistic about, okay, we have to even make it. And then is Aaron going to show up in the playoffs? Right. I'm being honest. That's what I'm thinking of. If Aaron is still the quarterback next year, that's a big thing in my head. We'll see what happens in the regular season, but is he going to show up in the playoffs? So here's what I would want. Okay, lay it on me. I'm so glad we disagreed. This makes this episode way more interesting. We get rid of Aaron, and I love you, Devontae, but your body language when Love was playing, he's got some Randy Moss in him. Well, there are times where Randy Moss would just, you get to see the body language. He wanted nothing to do with it. I see the same thing with Devontae, especially when Jordan Love was playing. So let's just say you somehow send them both to Denver. Right. You get Jerry Judy. Maybe you get Sertan at corner. Well, then what do we need Rasul for? You get a couple firsts. Okay. But then you, <laughs> you bring back Devondre Campbell. You bring back most of these free agents. Mm-hmm. You use a high draft pick on a receiver. So you get Judy. You get a receiver. Maybe then you can bring back Lazard and um, MVS and Big Bob. Okay. You could draft another tight end. You could draft another pass rusher. To take 
uh, Z's spot in the rotation. I think the rotation was pretty okay without him. Just add another piece. Maybe get a hybrid safety to improve over Henry Black. There's a few different spots where he can improve. Right. You take a shot at a quarterback late. I'm not going to sit here and say that even though I want Aaron gone, I think Jordan Love is the answer. I'm really skeptical. I know we haven't seen a lot. But we've we talked have, about our feelings on him before, yeah. We have. There's a couple free agent quarterbacks that I would feel good about our chances with if they would come to us in the offseason. And who are they, Devin? I'm going to preface this. I'm going to stop for a second. Let's think about the Matt LaFleur coaching tree. Okay, so you have like the McVeigh, Shanahan, LaFleur. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. We got to shout him out because he's by far the worst of that group, but somehow he's in the Super Bowl. I'm going to put Zach Taylor on the side <laughs> for the point that I'm about to prove. They all run similar offenses. Yeah. A lot of horizontal moving, things moving at the line of scrimmage, Correct. get the defense guessing. All right. Niners went to a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. Almost went to another one. Correct. Except he's really good at giving the ball away, like better than most quarterbacks are. Hey, if you, you got to be good at something. The Rams went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. is isn't terrible, but he's nothing special either. These are Correct. guys that are middle to lower half of the league. Yeah. Because when you have somebody who is not an all-pro quarterback, you really have to buy into the system. Yeah, I would agree. The coach has to really step up and say, all right, I need to figure this shit out because I can't just let Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes go out of the pocket and do whatever they're going to do. I need to be better. I need to step up my game. Because if you look at that NFC divisional round game, we weren't doing shit in our offense. It True. didn't look anything like the LaFleur scheme. So, you bring in Marcus Mariota. Oh, boy. That's that, not what I was expecting. Who's only 27, 28, was a starter in this league. Someone who doesn't have a lot of deep ball accuracy, but he's okay short. Mm-hmm. Can scramble out of the pocket, make some things move with his leg, which is what part of the reason LaFleur liked Jordan Love was his ability to be mobile and move the pocket. True. So that's one option. In addition to, let's just say this all happens and we get rid of Aaron, I still think that you draft somebody late, like a fifth or a sixth rounder, take a flyer, see if if you can find a Matt Flynn. Fair enough. So Marcus Mariota, I'd be happy with. Here's another one, and this is really going to make Packer Nation cringe. And I'm I'm sorry, guys. Are you really about to bring up what I think you're about to bring up? I am. Oh, God. You have a quarterback who the offense is built around. You talked about not seeing flashes out of Jordan Love, but I think we can both remember seeing flashes out of a a specific quarterback. Yeah, I know. I can't even get the words out. Bring Mitch Trubisky to Green Bay. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't believe that. Stop, 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 stop. Do you not remember Mitch Trubisky in his rookie year? You get him out in the perimeter. You His got, second you, year, but yeah. You get him out in some rollouts. Six touchdowns against the Bucks. You get him out in some rollouts. You get his confidence going, and he was a feasible quarterback. I remember as a Packer fan being nervous playing him. And then once they switched the offensive scheme, he could not play in himself. And then he was ass. But when he had an offensive coordinator that built the scheme around him, which you should do, you should play to the strengths of your players. He was good. He's only like 26, 27. Yeah, he's pretty young still. Why not? 
Because we want to win football games, I think would be the response. Mike, drop. Man, I don't, I don't even know what to say after, after all of that. Okay, guys, this is gonna be a fun off season. Uh, Devin's gonna become a conspiracy theorist over here, apparently, (laughs) and just go way off the deep end. (laughs) Called for Mitch, Mitch Trubisky to, to be our starting quarterback. I honestly am speechless. So I will I will bring up my thoughts, which are much simpler, I think, require much less uh, explaining. I would like Aaron to come back. Like I said earlier, kind of under my breath, I'm glad that we disagree because this makes this way more interesting. I'm getting like daggers from Devin over here just staring me down. That's simply, I've even brought, I brought this up earlier in the year. I'm not ready to be mediocre. Right? And you could say whatever you want. You could say, don't, don't even. He's reaching over for the mic. Don't you even. We are a lot of things the last couple years. Disappointing. Right? A letdown. Not living up to our potential. Mediocre is not one of them. We've been one of it. Honestly, probably the best team in the league the last five years, year in, year out. I'm not ready. I'm not ready emotionally. We've talked about this before. Our entire life, both of us, has been Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and you sprinkle in a couple of really bad guys when Aaron breaks collarbone once in a while. And Scott Tolzien, who was awesome. Bring him back. Bring Scott Tolzien back. Spin move, man. It was great. That was the slowest spin move in the history of spin moves. <laughs> and it worked. Palatine's own. Scott Tolzien. Fram's own. Any, any, well, I mean, he's from Palatine. Anyway. He's the enemy. Shout out Hubbard's. Sorry, it's true. Okay. Getting me off topic here. Yeah, back to your fantasy about us it's somehow not, it's not a fantasy. making it's, a playoff. Making the playoffs. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to win the division. Who's going to win the division over us? Jared Goff? No. Maybe they, could, they win five games next year. Congratulations. They could draft somebody. They're not going to. They're going to take Aiden Hutchinson, which they should. I mean, they're going to build a good team. They're probably going to have five, six, seven wins next year. Maybe Justin Fields will be able to work against a marginalized Packers defense because we decided to throw all of our money at Aaron Rodgers. You see the extension they're talking about? Like $50 million? Bro, they're going to be able to pay, what, me and you to play on well, defense? Well, it depends on void years and guarantees and, and all that good stuff. Let me get back to my point, please. Are you ready to suit up and play? Yeah, of course I am. <laughs> Bears don't, still don't have an offensive line. Their defense is declining. Anyways, they're not going to win the division unless we get rid of Aaron Rodgers. There's no way. Vikings, Kirk Cousins. Kellen Mond, whatever they're doing up there, whatever they're planning on doing, they're going to be the Vikings. They got Justin Jefferson. They got Cook. I mean, I yeah, think... No, they're good. But I just... I, it's not going to happen. If it hasn't happened yet, it's not going to happen. I want Aaron back. Not ready for it. I'm not ready to move on. He's going to be the back-to-back MVP. Four-time league MVP. You don't give up on that. You could put anybody around him, and I'm going to go into battle with that. And I understand the shortcomings in the playoffs. I understand. 
there's shortcomings and there is the the message that you sent to the team and our guys. He fucking quit on us. Sorry. This is a rated X episode. <laughs> but he did. He quit on us. But I think you missed a key point in, in your phrase there. In the playoffs. Yes, I yes, Devin. I would like to continue winning and making the playoffs. I really would. Yeah, I would like to do something. I don't just want to I mean, show up to, I just want to show up to the party. I want to go in and have fun. Dude. We're the number one seed back to back years. Yeah, and what have we gotten for it? We're thirteen 13 wins through straight years. I mean, this is a historic run of success in the NFL. I understand we're not getting to the mountaintop, and I understand that, Devin. It is a laughable playoff success, Luke. It's not laughable it's if we laughable. make it to the NFC Championship. It's laughable. One team We've wins every year. We've been laughable. One team wins every year. Right? One team. I understand it's not going to be us. I think that Tom Brady and the Patriots and him going to the Bucks has skewed how we look at success in the NFL. It is really hard to win. Really hard. To put together year after year after year after year after year of success. What, we've had three, four bad years in 30? You just want to turn the page. I want to rip the band-aid. When we have one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. I would put him higher if he had more playoff success. So you just want to watch Titanic all over and over again, right? First few hours, first few weeks of the season. Oh, it's beautiful. It's great. Everything's wonderful. And then all of a sudden, iceberg, dead ahead. Is that what you want? I'd rather watch a different movie. And I may not be as pretty in the beginning. I I don't know what's going to happen. I think you are a prisoner of the moment. And I think you would feel differently in three years when we have won a combined eight games. Okay, I don't think Jordan Love's that bad. Again, I'm not saying Love is the answer, to be perfectly clear. I want Aaron gone. I'm not all in on Jordan Love whatsoever. So if we do get rid of Aaron and Jordan Love sucks, don't blame me, folks. Well, what what do you want to be next year? What's the ceiling for this team if we get rid of Aaron Rodgers? Be the Colts who miss the playoffs because the quarterback sucks? But we have good defense, good run game? If we can bring back all these pieces, we have a better roster than the Colts. Maybe. Maybe. I, I mean, you're you're also planning on losing the best wide receiver in football. It's not just Aaron Rodgers, right? That That's part of your plan, which I understand. That makes perfect sense. If that's the way we go, that's the way we go. We're getting a young stud, and we draft someone in the first round in addition to MVS. That's if we get the young stud. We don't actually know what that trade package looks like. It's going to be big. If it's both of them to one place, you have it's, to at least have a stop. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think very many places are going to be able to actually take on that much contract. Denver. And they've already done that by hiring Nathaniel Hackett, our offensive coordinator. Oh, God. I just want to keep winning. I want to ride this train till the end. So you're going to be really happy when we lose in the wild card next year with Aaron Rodgers? Be better than going 6-11. and 11. Wow. This is our first real disagreement on the show. It is. It is. And that that's fine. That's fine. But I just you have the best quarterback in the league. Right? <laughs> that's the way it works. The best quarterback in the league. <laughs> the best quarterback in the league that would be in the NFC championship game if we had the thirty first best special teams. Or if he could do something. Agreed. Other than one drive. Agreed. Completely agree. We literally spent the last hour and twenty minutes talking about this, whatever we're at currently. Hour I, and three. I understand, Devin. However, who knows what happens if we make it to the NFC Championship game, right? We're playing the Rams. 
We own the Rams. Marquez might have been back. He might have been back. Bakhtiari, probably not. He might have been back. Jair plays a couple more snaps. Z plays a couple more snaps. You don't know what happens. We own the Rams. Matt Stafford ain't beating us. All right? It ain't happening. Jalen Ramsey's going to get his lunch money stolen by Devontae again. Aaron Donald's going to look like a wimp compared to literally apparently any of our offensive linemen, no matter how bad they are. Going to choke him out at some point. Right. And then, then we're waltzing into the Super Bowl feeling pretty decent about ourselves, playing the, the Bengals of all teams. We've already beaten. And thank, we beat while, you, while the Silver Fox missed like 27 kicks. Oh, God. That was such a bad day. And then this this whole story is different. Right? And I understand there, there's a lot of ifs or what ifs in that statement. I do. I understand that. But it's quarterback-driven league. I'm not ready to give up the best quarterback in the league. Especially when Tom Brady goes out. We don't have to worry about the Bucks next year. Half their team are free agents. Big powerhouse gone. Right? We already feel good against the Rams. With this team, we feel good against the Rams. I, I feel good yeah. against the Rams. Gonna be, at this point. Who's going to be in the middle of that defense next year? On all the crossing routes and stuff that's killed us for years. Who's going to be the captain with the mic in his head? Who's it going to be? That's a good question. Oren Burks? No, oh, wait. it's not going to be Oren Burks. He's not even here. I think we still have Ty Summers, so we're good. Yeah, we're going to see Ty yeah, Summers you know, at You know linebacker. we have a draft coming up? Right? You know that that's a thing. You know that we don't draft linebackers, right? Maybe De- Devondre has shown them the importance of that position. You think we're going to find someone close to Devondre in his rookie year? I think we're also undervaluing the Joe Barry scheme. Is incredibly friendly to linebackers. Not taking anything away from Devondre. He's been fantastic, right? Spartans look pretty good, too. I don't want him to be our main linebacker. Don't worry. But I'm just saying it's a very line, middle linebacker friendly scheme. No, you're not going to have Devondre. If we bring back Devondre, he's not going to play as well as this year, most likely, right? He's never been this good. Which is fair. There might be a slight drop-off, whereas if if he's gone, I think we're falling off a mountain. I think we're going back to, oh, God, at middle linebacker. It depends. Maybe you spend a first-round, second-round pick on it. You get somebody young and athletic in there. You see what they can do, right? Whatever. Neither here nor there. I'm just not ready. All right. Just let me be, Devin. I want Aaron to come back. Right? Because what? Favre left in 08. I believe. Sounds about right. So half of our life has been with Aaron. At this point. And I know that. And he's gotten me through some really hard times in my life. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that. I'm not gonna throw that under the bus. You know, nursing school and Starting my job and being a distraction at first positive during the pandemic. And then, you know, there's all the offseason stuff, yada, yada, yada. There's always going to be a special place in my heart for Aaron Rodgers. He's yeah. always going to be my quarterback. Right. I just don't want him anymore. Okay. I just think from a football perspective, that's probably foolish, given that he's the back-to-back MVP, best quarterback in the league. I get it. I get it. I get it. Now we could go down the list of other quarterbacks who have been fantastic and not necessarily come through in the playoffs, but we don't need to, right? I don't think we need to. I'm just saying I don't want to suck. What's the easiest way not to suck? Have the best quarterback in the league. Okay, sign me up. We've seen Aaron on teams with nobody else around him. We still don't suck. 
I don't want to suck. That's probably the name of this episode. I don't want to suck. <laughs> I was going to call it the funeral. <laughs> so the funeral is probably a little more apt. All right. So the, our battle lines have been drawn. That's what you want. That's what I want. And I want to make it particularly clear that even if Aaron does come back, I'm not going to not be interested. We're not going to not do the show. Devin's going to be grumpy. Devin might be a little grumpy and pessimistic. You know, when there's blown coverages, I might make little comments about, hmm, if only we kept Campbell. I mean, or, you literally forgot we had the best cornerback in the league on our team, but that's fine. Continue. Maybe I'll be saying I miss Tyler Lancaster. <laughs> Who knows? I'm just going to record that and play it on repeat. <laughs> Get that little snippet. Make it as like your text tone for me. On a side note, I know this is hard to bring up, but did you get any like really crisp shit talking from coworkers or friends or anybody that you want to share? Um, not really. Uh, thankfully, uh, the guys at work are all I've seen mostly Bear fans. One's a Chiefs fan. Uh, my boss's boss is a, a Bills fan. So he he was struggling as well. So we were in it together. I think that helped. Um, heartbreaking losses the same weekend there. So not really, not really. Thankfully, I managed to avoid most of it. I mean, we got some some little like oof, you know comments, but really not as bad as I was anticipating. So shout out to my coworkers for not being as big a jerks as I anticipated. Appreciate it. I had one that I had to share. I promised him I'd give him a, a shout out on the show. So one of the physicians that I work with, real cool dude, real good doctor. And he also like pumps up this show. Like I've had other people where I go, oh, I hear you have a show. And I'm like, where'd you? Oh, shout out to that guy. Yeah, shout out. You know who you are, my friend. So uh, so we had a patient together after the game and he, and he calls me and he's like, hey, Mr. South of losing the NFC title game. How you doing? Oh, that's rough. Yeah. But it was it was clever and made me laugh. It was. It was. I appreciate the creativity in that. The creativity, without a doubt, is top-notch. Top-notch. All right. So where do we go from here? Who's going to win the Super Bowl? I think we should just wrap it up with that. I mean, we have an entire off-season to talk about stuff. And also, to our our loyal and dedicated fans who have made made it through this long with us, I appreciate you. And we will not be doing uh, weekly Anymore, at least probably for a little bit. We'll probably go to every other week, I think, right? Yeah, Something like fair. that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe that changes as during different points of the season. I mean, if free agency gets really hot, maybe we have a couple episodes linked together. Maybe we have a lot to talk about leading up to and following the draft. You know, obviously, if, if there's big air news, we're going to have to do something about that. So. Don't you mean when there's big Mitch news? Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we will be changing up a little bit, but, you know, stay tuned. We're not going anywhere. No, for a second, I was like, oh, my God, it's hopeless. We're never going to win again. That was the best team we could have had. But we've come back from that cliff, and we are refocused. We are. We are 100% refocused and looking forward to the future of the Green Bay Packers. It just will not be in the Super Bowl this year, unfortunately. That was a a poor segue, but we're going to talk about it. Who's winning the Super Bowl? Mm, who's who's winning or who do we want to win? Those are two separate questions. Yeah, I, I think both of us, the answers are probably, um, I, I imagine we agree and we think those are two different answers, right? Yes. Bengals all the way. That's who I want so badly. You got former Packer Mike Daniels. 
My cat's also orange. The Bengals are orange. So she's a big Bengals fan. <laughs> Shout out Ginger. First time Not making sure. the podcast. Not sure if she knows that. Uh, yeah, Joe Burrow just looking so cool all the time. Somehow getting sacked nine times, still coming through. being that Perfectly fine. Love him. Love him. What a player. And what what a way to bring the Bengals out of the desert, right? I mean, he has been an oasis to them. I mean, they have gotten so good so fast. And it, it, they're just so much fun to watch. So I have to root for them. Obviously, we got our boy, Matty Stafford, from the division. I'm not going to be upset if he wins. Good for him. Finally yeah. got a team that doesn't suck. Um, I don't want Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey to win another game in their entire careers. But outside of that, you have like the corpse of Eric Weddle just wandering around back there somehow. Retired for two years, came back in a very physical position and still playing fine. And he played a lot, yeah, which was weird. <laughs> Is that really the best option? I mean, I love Eric Weddle, and I did, especially but when he's on the Chargers. Two years? He's like, what, 38 now? Yeah. In a, in a position that requires athleticism. And yeah. he was never the most athletic to begin with. Great beard, though. Um, Great beard, heavy great beard. hitter, really yeah. downhill defender. Love him. Love him. Dark, dark visor, even though he plays indoors. Oh, yeah. Just black. Adds the mystique. Yeah. Love it. Love it. No idea why he's on the team, but love him. He's their starting safety at this point. It's like, it should be a fun Super Bowl. I hope it's like 31 to 35. Yeah, I expect it'll be a barn burner. You got two really high-powered offenses. And the Rams have a lot of names on defense, but a lot of times they haven't showed up. Yeah, they seem to just not be great. You know, they just they just don't play as well as they should. You have arguably, I mean, not he's not Jair, but arguably the best corner in the league, and you have the best defensive lineman in the last decade or two. Mm-hmm. And your defense isn't great. That's weird. Right? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No, it does not. So, Matt Stafford loves throwing random balls to nobody in particular. Jaquiski Tart makes that catch. Different teams in the Super Bowl. So, I just he's going to do that at some point. Who knows how this game is going to go, but I'm rooting for Joe Burrow, without a doubt. I'm just happy I don't hate either team in the Super Bowl. That's so nice, right? We don't have to root against Tom Brady or anything. We just root for a good game. Exactly. I'm really looking forward to that. And these playoffs have been a lot of really good games. I mean, unfortunately, it didn't go the way we wanted, but it's been some crazy-ass finishes. It's super close games all the way through. I just pray that this this will be the same way. All right. Well, until next time. Till next time. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.